It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 58 of the Casual Gamecast, a weekly video game podcast for the everyday gamer brought to you by the team at Casual Game Critic. I'm Phil Kyo. I'm Shane Bo. And we have got a show for you this week. This week you may have noticed, eagle-eyed and eagle-eared listeners and or watchers may have noticed that it has been over a week since the last episode yes that's right folks after 58 weeks we took a week off i'm all of it i'm all of it uh a little bit behind the curtain i was incredibly sick and shane has a life so it just didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) but this is how game podcasting sometimes go but thank you for your patience and welcome back and we are delighted to be back now what are we doing this week Well, me and Shane are going to catch up and talk about what we may have been playing this week. We're then going to talk about whatever the hell happened this week or two in gaming that we personally care about. And then we are going to answer this week's question of the week, which this week comes from, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Ristaird O'Mactier, who is in both of our Discord and in our Facebook community, which you can find links to in the description below. But, Ristiard, <laughs> I must find out what his actual non-Irish, you know, uh, translated name is. But, I'm going to say Richard, maybe? Uh, but Ristiard asks, what was the game or sequence in which you had to play it with your lights on? As an example, I played and finished Half-Life 2 multiple times and I know Ravenholm by heart, but I can't go through that sequence still with the lights off and the dark room. Yeah, Ravenholm... Ravenholm was probably one of the first freaky FPS things I had ever played as well. But that is not my answer. And if you want to figure out what that answer is, by all means, my friends, stick around to the end of the podcast. But Shane, 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 my baby boy. It has been, it has been many weeks. It has been many, many weeks since we had a cozy, intimate two-man podcast. How the devil are you? I'm very well, very well. I have like stuff to talk about because... Not only has it been many weeks since it's been just the two of us, but it's also we been... We can make it if we try. We try just the <laughs> two of us go to get a copyright strike. Um, it's also been two weeks since we recorded an episode because, like you said, life stuff and sickness and, you know, 
all that jazz. So, yep. personally, I'm good, you know. I'm happy, healthy, all the rest of it. The usual things you want to be in life. I'm very happy, um, Jared. Thank you very much. Um, News-wise, um, this actually ties into part of why I wasn't available to record last week. Okay. So, I have my third and final pup date. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to see you have your third and final dog. I was like, what? No. No, no, no. <laughs> so, my third and final pup date. So, Cody, the foster dog, which if people were listening two weeks ago... Uh, will remember I'm fostering a dog named Cody. But the pup dead is that I'm no longer fostering Cody because he went to his forever home. Oy, amazing. Uh, how yes. did that happen? Um, so we were fostering him for a while and once he was settled with us, then the LSPCA made regular like posts on their Facebook group and stuff going, we have Cody, he's been working with his foster carers, like, you know, which we were, we were doing some training with him and stuff like this. And mm-hmm. like... Even within the two weeks we had him, he came out of his shell so much. He was a totally different dog by the time he left. And a woman got in contact and said, I would love to meet Cody and possibly adopt him. And um, she came to our house. She met Cody. She had a little play with him. She fell in love. Um, And then after a few days went by, um, we had to wait for Cody to be fully vaccinated and have all his stitches out and... You know, the lady wanted to make sure she got like a crate and bedding and had all the stuff to be a new dog parent. So um, then Friday last week, he went to his forever home. So we dropped him off. We spent about an hour there making sure he got acclimated. He fit right in. He was straight in, straight on the sofa, playing with the toys she had. Like he was loving it. Nice. So that's it. It's It's a happy, lovely, warm story. Cody has a forever home and he's very loved and he's been spoiled rotten, which is what he deserves. 100% 100% I, I'm really happy to hear it um, yeah, yeah that, that's 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 lovely that's that's quite the yeah. beautiful tale from start to finish um, and so like I'm just curious you know in terms of how did the person come across Cody is it like on their website was that like there is this dog who is fostered and needs a forever home is that kind of a, or was it word of mouth uh, no it's usually like the Facebook page so after mm. after a while of having uh, having Cody like the lady that we were dealing with Trellis PC I was like right I think he's ready now for like an official adoption post okay you know and then she asked us to snap a few pictures of him lounging on the couch or playing in the garden or whatever you know just a few nice pictures we sent him to her she made a Facebook post going this is Cody he is a collie mix he has you know this is where he came from we think like his yeah back, his background he's living with a foster family at the moment he's doing really well he's learned this that and the other he's coming out of his shell he's not good with dogs he is good with dogs he's not good with cats all the stuff you'd want to know about a dog okay and then people are free to follow the link with the adoption and fill out an adoption form or get in contact via messenger or phone or whatever they is they want to do the LSPCA then goes and does a home check to make sure you, you know, you have like a good enclosed garden and this kind of thing and that it's safe for the dog. And yeah. then then it's a case of like, they're happy, the potential adopter is happy. We set up a meeting between the dog and the adopter. Cool. Okay. And, Interesting. Yeah. And so the lady came to our house, met Cody in an environment where he's comfortable because he was comfortable in our house. You know, he was, he put on a great show. You know, as dogs like to do, he was super cute. He was cuddling <laughs> up to her. He was looking for attention. Um, and then, yeah, after that, then once everything's cool and, you know, if the person, the, the potential adopter wants to have maybe a second meeting, that's fine too. 
or if they're happy to say yes we you know get the ball rolling we kind of there was a few texts back and forth she was asking like you know what kind of bedding do i need what kind of size crate do i need what kind of food does he eat all this kind of stuff okay and, yeah chow mein and yeah. um pepper jack cheese yeah, I so like I was going to disown him because he likes pineapple on pizza, and I was like, I don't know if I could have that in a dog. But my yeah. man, my man, what a <laughs> dog, what a dog! <laughs> and I actually don't mind the whole pineapple pizza thing. That's a debate for another day. But yeah, that's that's how it all works, and that's how it all did work. And now Cody's in his forever home, and I got like last I, I kind of dropped him off on a Friday evening, and then like you know Monday evening I sent a quick text and went, "How is Cody settling in? Are you how, how are you getting on together?" You know, and she was, she sent me back a picture of like the two of them, like, you know, a lion together on the couch with him, like cuddling up to her and stuff. So I was like, okay, everything's fine. He's happy. You know, he's safe. He's comfortable. She's happy. <laughs> everything's grand. What did you expect? Like the dog would have like, you know, today's newspaper and like, please help, you know? <laughs> I was more so uh, like, I think the concern was more so not that maybe with change of environment could cause Cody to act out. Okay. Or because this was this lady's first time having a dog and it being an, a, an, a, a dog from, like, adoption that could have behavioural problems or anything like that. I just wanted to make sure that, like, the dog wasn't tearing her house apart and she was regretting her decision to adopt him or, you know. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, always... Yeah. They, even the LSPCA themselves, they they obviously get the dogs microchipped and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They even when you adopt the dog, they won't sign the microchip over to your name for about a week or two to make sure you are fully one hundred percent happy and committed, and you've experienced a full few weeks with the dog, so you know what you're getting into. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I am happy, and you know, Cody, you're in your forever home. We won't forget about you. You were, at least. At the very least, you're like 40 minutes worth of discussion on our podcast over the week. Yes. So you will go down in history, my friend. Yes, you um, live on in the infamy of gaming podcasts. <laughs> Cody, the foster dog. The official foster dog of CGC. Um, will you do it again? I think so. Um, we discussed this with the LSPCA and we're thinking, yes, but we might wait till the new year because we both work retail jobs and mm-hmm. Christmas is just insane. Mm-hmm. So we don't think it would be fair on a dog. Um, no. No, no. To do that. Our own dog is quite lazy and is very happy to lounge all day once she gets like a solid walk in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't mind too much with our own dog, but with a dog you don't know or maybe a highly energetic dog, it just wouldn't be fair to leave them locked up all day. No, I 100% agree. And it shows that you have not sense, but you are mature enough to realize that. Yeah, yeah. Like I could have went, yeah, we'll take another one straight away. Without yeah. planning about Christmas and stuff, and then yeah. feeling feeling really horrible that I'm in work and there's a dog at home just that can't get out or can't exactly. you, know, run around. you know. Anyway, exactly. yeah, but that's it. That is that. Well, that has been a more eventful week than what I had. <laughs> I simply wrestled with my first real sickness of the year. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Like, they, I, I, it seems like everybody is getting it at some point. You know, like yeah. my my theory is that we have all been in our bunkers for like a year and a half and we were all like isn't this great i haven't been sick in like a year and a half it's like well yeah you're not interacting with people you know Mm. um i know the face masks and washing the hands help but you know you're still gonna get sick if you're interacting with people enough of course and i have like everybody else been interacting with people again and so like yeah, the second a, a whiff of cold was going around, like, yeah, I 100% got it. <laughs> yeah. 
and it sucks because like obviously you feel like oh my god have i got covid oh my god i don't want to i don't want to go get tested in case i do i'm like oh no and then <laughs> i'm just like right i'll give it like one good day of severe sickness i'll just like i'll, I'll allow myself to have that but keep away from people and just yeah. like you know try and be responsible but like not make too big of a deal out of it until i needed to but then I was just like, oh, my God, if I'm still this sick tomorrow, I 100% have to get a test. And uh, no, it started to break. Lemsip. Lemsip. Oh, yeah. oh, oh king. I, I, the king. I had Absolute like king. five Lemsips that day. And my God, I woke up the next morning and I bounded out of bed and I went and got a haircut. I was grand. Yeah. You know? Lemsip, Lemsip is the king. I have to give a shout out though to the Benelin day and night. Man, I love those mm, tablets. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. That nighttime tablet when you're just, you know, you have that stuffed nose and you just can't sleep or breathe properly. That thing knocks your spark out. It's great. Love it. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Um, With that, all the dog and sickness talk out of the way. Shall we just move into what we may or may not have been playing over the past week or two? Let's do it. Okay. Play the thing, please, Aaron. All right, stranger. What are you playing? So, I have played quite a few things um, over the last while because I've been sick and because I had time to do so. But I'm only going to talk about... I wish I'd written this down ahead of time. Definitely one, maybe two games. So... <laughs> I really thought you were going to go there. I've been playing a few things and I'm only going to talk about 13 of them. So, bear with oh, me. <laughs> do, you, do, you want, do you want me to open that kind of worms? Because I certainly could. Uh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> this is a casual, casual gaming podcast. Exactly, exactly. I've made a new rule where I'm not going to talk about something unless it's relevant and unless I've or unless I've put like a lot of time into it. So like if I played something that's like in the news this week or the big release, but I only have like an hour worth of a take on it, I might talk about it. But like if I just went back and dabbled in something because that's what I do, I'm not going to bring this here unless unless it's relevant in some way. Um, so I've done a lot of that. Like in, when I'm sick, I like to jump into a lot of different things. Um, but the main thing I've been playing, and I'm on... I thought I beat the last boss today on my lunch break, but then it turned out there was a whole epilogue that I wasn't aware of afterwards, where now I'm at the last boss of that, so hopefully I'll beat that later, is with the upcoming release of Metroid Dread, which was be out tomorrow as of recording and um, a few days out already by the time you hear this i realized i'd never finished any 2d metroid games in my life it's something that has like a, a hole in my nintendo knowledge i, yeah, I know they're, yeah i know they're good but i've never like you know proven that to myself you know i was just like yeah. oh yeah like they're just known to be good games and then with this coming out i wanted to buy it it's 60 quid though and I was like I need to be sure I like these games before I buy it um so I went ahead and so here's the thing I <laughs> I wanted to play this game legitimately um but my only option to do that was on the Wii U that's mm. the only place I could find that I could buy it 
And even at that, I'm not sure if the Wii U store is still open. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> no but like, no but, I, but in order to do that, I'd have to set it up and set up the light bar and set up the Wii remotes. And it's a whole oh, thing. You know no, what I mean? No, God, no. Um, so I said, nah. And because Nintendo haven't made it easy for me to play that, play these uh, games, specifically, I'm talking about the, the GBA remake of the first game, uh, which is called Zero Mission. Mm -hmm. Um... Because Nintendo haven't put that on a Switch or in a mini console or some way that I could play it legitimately, uh, I went ahead and I downloaded it and I found a cool little program. I hacked my 3DS a long time ago, you know, come get me Nintendo. And <laughs> <laughs> some guy just kicks in your window right now like, haha, we've been waiting for you to spill the beans, you're caught. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the ultimate show of hubris would be didn't call the call the episode named that you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, when you have your 3ds hacked, there's like programs online you can use that you you might remember. I don't know whether you you maybe you were working in the industry at the time. I don't know, but like when the 3ds flopped and then they had that price cut. Mm -hmm. One of the things they did was, oh, for anyone who was there from the beginning, we will offer you um, GBA games as the ambassador program or whatever. So, yeah. like, you know, don't feel bad that it's now 100 quid cheaper a couple of months down the line. Here's some GBA games. Yeah. And they never, ever, ever made them available for sale. But the bizarre thing is the game like the the 3ds could handle gba emulation not a problem you know natively like um but they never ever sold them because nintendo are weird um so what that meant is that like people have figured out how to you know inject a gba rom regardless whether it was one of the like six or something that they offered that in that you know deal um you can take any gba rom run it through this program and then all of a sudden it actually injects the GBA with like an icon of that ROM and it runs it like a GBA game, you know, or like a, a 3DS GBA game. It's yeah. not just like running an emulator. It's actually doing exactly what Nintendo had done, essentially. Um, so playing it that way, it's really good on that, actually. The, the screen of it, I'm, I'm falling back in love with my 3DS lately because I've, I've just realized that like I can play, with exception to Dread, every single metroid game on that device true nice, hacks yeah. in some ways but yeah, like yeah. you know that the last metroid game was on 3ds you know and then i can play all the nes and snares and gba ones now on it as well so like it's it's a little metroid home but yeah um didn't realize how absolutely amazing that game is um it's probably my favorite game i've played this year like even above hades sweet Gee, that's that's high praise it is really good. Like, I, and obviously, I'm making allowances because it was a GBA game. Yeah, it, you know what I mean. But like, holy crap, it moves. It, it's it's really good. Like, it's like I everything I've ever heard that's good about Super Metroid, I'm seeing here. So like, you know, they they did a lot of work, obviously, to make that run on a GBA, and it's incredible. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to beat the dead horse here. But like, if you haven't played Zero Mission or any Metroid game. That's a great place to start, and it's a fantastic game. It's it's great. Yeah. As we learned from my Two Truths and a Lie a few weeks ago, I've never played a Metroid game. Mm. So any game is, I suppose, a place to start for me, but that sounds like a good spot. But I don't... I'd have to find an old 3DS and hack it and all that. No, you all won't. Right. No, you won't. Mm -mm. No? 
no, no, you can hack pretty much anything to play a GBA game. So that, this very device that you are speaking to me right now through the internet can, you know, play a GBA emulator. Actually, I never thought about the PC. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sitting here looking at it going, I could never play a GBA game on my PC. That's impossible. I could, I could get you playing Metroid within 15 minutes after this podcast. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, highly recommend it to you or to anyone who may be listening. Um, and then I know I played something else. I know I played something else. I played a lot of something else. Oh, I played a lot of um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot because the last DLC for that has been released and I completely forgot how to play it. So rather than jumping into the last DLC, I restarted the entire game and I played the balls out of it. And... <laughs> It's still great. I I really really love that game. It's such a fan service type game. Yeah. But but it's done in such a fantastic fashion. Like the the crowd that make it Cyber Connect 2, they are the ones that do the Naruto games and they do um a lot of the kind of like 3D anime world games. Yes. Um but they are so good at fan service. Like they are pulling out references on like little easter eggs and just stuff that makes me go huh like somebody else cares enough about this <laughs> you know yeah, of course it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's really cool it is really cool. and, the, and the, the the mechanics are pretty solid you know what i mean so it's not like you know if you don't like dragon ball z this is not going to make you like it you know what i mean but like if you do this is a game you know what i mean this is the one yeah i haven't played a dragon ball z game in a long time a long, yeah. long time and uh, the, the whole like 3d level of fighting with air and ground and like you know the full 360 scope my brain is just not capable of mastering that at all and i get really confused and flustered and like and stressed out when i'm trying to play them no that's fair and this is not going to change your mind this is like um this is like a spin on that it's very similar to what you are familiar with you're familiar with tenkaichi and stuff it's very similar to that very similar that's exactly what i'm familiar with but yeah, yeah no I like as much as I like Dragon Ball, the games have just never been for me. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. That is yeah. fair. But yeah, if if you do like that type of thing, Jesus, it's it's great. Um, but that has been my sick comfort food games. Now I am very much looking forward to beating that last boss of Metroid so I can start and hopefully get through some of Metroid Two before Metroid Red drops tomorrow. And a buddy of mine is coming over on Saturday, so I have to like just waste essentially a day <laughs> to play the game so yeah. that's going to be a that's going to be an interesting uh exercise in restraint on my part uh but i said like no we'll wait we'll try and play through the entire thing in one sitting so we're going to see how that goes i will let oh, you know sweet. next week no do yeah that'd be that'll be interesting yep and that's me yeah that's that's you that's you i f- for something that's not normal for me i played more than one thing since we last spoke Dear God, you stopped podcasting for one week and you think you know a guy. Honest to God. So the first thing was, quick and short, uh, short and sweet, I suppose, was the Ghost of Tsushima Iki Island expansion. Ah, uh, do you know, I, f- I completely bounced off that game. Yeah, um, I played the Iki Island expansion. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very short for me. Okay. And what I mean by that is I am not a collectathon guy. So once I had the main side my side quest and the main story done i was kind of like okay that was about four hours and now it's just go collect question marks which i don't really care about yeah quick question there like 
I, as I mentioned there, have kind of bounced off a little bit. I stopped playing it and I don't have a lot of want to go back. Um, even though I like the aesthetic a lot. Do you think the collectible stuff is what made that happen for me? Because like I was like, I was like Roomba hoovering the entire map as I you went were going, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe like that happens to me sometimes as well. As much as I don't like to collect a ton, I can get sucked into it at the start of a game. And then I have to stop myself and go, no, you need to do like three or four story missions now back to back to yeah, kind yeah. of spur yourself on and give you a reason to like, you know, because the collect-a-ton makes you forget a bit about the story and you go, oh, I'm just collecting things. I won't bother. I'll play something else. But when you do a few story missions and get maybe invested in a story or a character or something that happens, then you're like, okay, yes, now I need to go further. It's a tricky balance, isn't it? it? Is. Because because like even when you're doing the the hoovering of all the collectibles, and it they make it seem like you should be doing that, yeah. Um, because like oh look, there's a thing over there now. Now you should go look for it. And then if you do what you said and do like three missions, all of a sudden you unlock like four or five power ups that make getting the thing trivial. Whereas like you know I'll go and get a question mark, and it'll take me like fifteen minutes to figure out how to do it, and then. I'll get a power up that will negate me ever having to figure that out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, oh, I should have done that first. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with with Ghost of Tsushima, I only ever went to the question marks that improved my skills or made mm -hmm. upgraded something for me, like the bamboo strikes or yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got a, a the fox shrines, you get a little like charm or whatever. I only ever did the ones that helped me gain something. Gotcha. So, like, the likes of the haikus and stuff, where you only got, like, a cosmetic item. Don't care. Skip it. Move on. If it's not, yeah, if it's not, yeah. if it's not empowering me, you know, to help me move forward, I don't need it. There's enough cosmetics in that game that I don't need another headband. That's very true. I did I did want to collect them all, but at the same time, I, felt I was wearing the same thing all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, once I unlocked that, like, Big Trouble in Little China, massive, like, straw hat thing, I was Ooh, yeah. just in that for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely but yeah i enjoyed like it's more ghost tsushima for the ek mm -hmm. expansion which means it's not bad it is by no means bad for me it was just too short because i don't do the collectathon okay fair fair the other thing i played this week mm -hmm. and i'm still playing as you may or may not be aware i don't know how deep you are on the message boards there's no need for speed this year the message boards. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. I don't even know if there is message boards. Okay. <laughs> There's no need for speed this year. So how really? am I going? How am I going to get my arcade racing fix? Really? There's no need for speed this year. Why is that? I have no idea. They're is it normally it. every year? Uh, sometimes it's every year sometimes there's a year or two gap you know it's kind of it's a bit sporadic sometimes you could get a need for speed every year for three years then you might not get one for two years okay, it's, fair it's probably EA rearranging some studios or something god only yeah, knows yeah. what's going on fair enough but that means I can't get my arcade racing fix okay so in steps Hot Wheels Unleashed mm, to fill I'm, that void in my life I'm hearing good things it is Banter Central. Banter Central. It is everything you want from a Hot Wheels arcade racing game. Like, okay. there's no better way to do, there's no better review than that. Like, whatever you want from a Hot Wheels racing game, it probably has it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Um, I have, I have how, one how do you mean Banter Central, though? Like, it's just great crack. It's Hot Wheels. There's, like, giant loop-de-loops in the tracks. There's jumps and tricks and boosts and, you know, it did... 
they did the thing this time, which they haven't done in some previous Hot Wheels games, where it is like, you know, car size, like to yeah, scale. Yeah, so yeah. the world around you is like, you know, giant sofas and pool tables and whatever environments you're in. So it is like mm. proper Hot Wheels. I have a couple of gripes with the game. Now they're okay. minor, very minor. Okay. Gripe one, the tracks don't get really all that fun and interesting till about halfway through. Yeah, I've heard that was a, crit a critique is that, you know, I don't know how you make, you know, orange tracks more appealing as the game goes on. But like I heard that was one critique was they get kind of samey or something. Yeah, at the start, they're very samey. They're very basic tracks with a few kind of maybe the odd loop here and there. Mm -hmm. But as you go on through the game and you get further into it, they start doing things like removing the walls from the edge of the track so you can fly off if you don't drift correctly or, Ooh. you know, adding obstacles or adding like, um, a, like you'll go through an archway that has like a, a robot spider on top and you'll fire down webs. And if you got stuck in the web, it catches your car for like 10 seconds, you know, all Ooh. this kind of stuff, which makes it a bit more interesting. Um, my other, I have another two gripes. One is, well, it's kind of tied together. Okay. So okay. one is the game on easy. Yeah. Is way too easy. I've heard this as well. Yeah. But the game on medium is almost borderline hard. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. on medium, I can't win a single race. I'm placing like second, third, like podium level. Right. But I cannot win a race. But on easy, I'm leaving everything in the dust. Yeah, I've heard that the difficulty scaling is a bit off as well. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit off. And my final gripe, which kind of leads into that, is when you up the difficulty a little bit, when you're using, like, I've used cars that by the stats are, like, one of the cars I was driving for, for fun was, like, a, like a dump truck. Mm -hmm. And, like, the stats are terrible on it. There's terrible acceleration, terrible top speed and everything. But when I put the difficulty level up and the AI is using that, it's winning races with it. It's the greatest car in the game. You know what I mean? Of like, course. It's, like, it's absolutely ludicrous how this thing that, like, I place <laughs> last when I'm racing, yeah. the minute the AI is using it, like, it's like a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just were not channeling the right dumpster driving skills or something. Yeah. I don't know. But they're my only gripes, and I think they're minor, because the moment-to-moment -moment Hot Wheels racing action is absolute banter. It's great crack. You can... There's hundreds of cars. It does have a loot box system, but it's only in-game currency that you can spend. There is no okay. there's no way to spend your own money on it. Good. And that's a way to unlock cars. And then there's also a special shop where there's like, oh, deal the day. You can buy the DeLorean for a reduced amount of coins or whatever. You know, different cars like that. Some of the loot boxes, you do get repeat cars, but you can break them down for upgrade parts or more money or whatever have you, you know? And yeah, get loot boxes as prizes for races and stuff. But it's just great fun. It's just... Dumb, silly, fun, loop-de-loop, -loop, doing jumps, making your car do backflips racing. So I saw on some, like, press material that, like, the DeLorean kit, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle van, these yeah. types of things are in there. Are they, like, available for the base level game, or are they, like, DLC, or...? No, I, I have kit from Knight Rider, and I unlocked some other crazy car as well it's not from a tv show but it's one of the like more crazy hot wheels kind of you know one of the more recognizable yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah kind of cars or whatever but yeah, no they're in they're in the base game there's no problem i was able to go into the special shop and one of the deals of the day was kit and it was like a thousand hot wheels coins or whatever okay was, okay like, yeah so you, know. you you unlocked them by using your currency or whatever yeah. is is the general lee in there because i imagine that would be controversial 
I don't know because I haven't unlocked a huge amount of cars yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I only have a few, and I've been kind of. I've got a re. I've managed to get lucky and get like a legendary car, and that's been kind of coasting me through a lot of the game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a huge amount, and it's it's just they're all fully licensed Hot Wheels. So if there was ever a Hot Wheels version of it, it's probably in the game. There was for sure a Hot Wheels version of it. Um, I, what the reason I'm thinking that it could be controversial is, you know, the the Southern flag. Oh yeah, like, yeah, of course, that that, of that has gotten into some trouble lately, and I'm just wondering, you know, would they? I hope they did. I hope they did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I can't find it on a quick Google, so we will leave that to you, the listener at home, to find out. Um, but yeah, sounds good. I might pick it up. I don't know if I will though, because we have Horizon Five coming out like yeah. this month. Or yeah, maybe yeah. next month. I'm not sure. One or the other. But like it's on the horizon, if you forgive the pun. <laughs> there is so much um while we're on the subject, there's so much Game Pass goodness coming. I don't think I need to buy another game for the rest of the year. Like nice. Halo is coming out and it's getting rave reviews on the you know public test beta things. Yes. Um everyone I know personally as well as playing it is in love with it, so Great, that that's that. Oh, I will have to buy one thing, which is Battlefield. That's coming out soon. I do want to buy that. Um, but like, there's that. There's Forza. There's like, if you look at the slew of games that's coming to Game Pass over the next like two months or so, it's extensive to say the least. Um, and then there's more coming as well in the early year. So like, I think I'm coming to a realization that I should just stop buying video games. Do you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm unless you really on want free that, ones. unless you really want that new release, then maybe yeah, just, just yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Hot Wheels will probably end up on Game Pass eventually. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And when it does play it, it's great crack. Yes, uh, that will one hundred percent be an evening of my time somewhere down the line. Um, but that's the thing. Like Game Pass has turned me into such a cautious buyer of games now. You know, like if Metroid yeah. wasn't a Nintendo exclusive, I would have said that'll probably be on Game Pass at some point, and I wouldn't have bought it. You know, yeah. and there's a lot of games I'm not buying right now because I know, like, um, what's it called? Deathloop? I'm not buying Deathloop. No hope yeah. I'm buying Deathloop because it's going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. It's an Obsidian game. Yeah, you know? yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll end up there eventually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Arcane, not Obsidian, Arcane. Is it Arcane? Sorry. It's Arcane, yeah, the Prey, Arcane. Prey yeah, Dishonored. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is that whole thing of, like, Game Pass versus buying a game, like, because there's the kind of thing of... You can be a cautious buyer now because of Game Pass, but when you couldn't do that and you bought a game, you were kind of more inclined to find things you like about it to justify the purchase. So when you were playing yes. it, you were like, oh, it has some gripes, but I really like this, 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 and this, so I'll stay playing because mm-hmm. I, cause I spent my 60 quid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I'm, that... I'm constantly downloading games. I'm playing them for like half an hour. And mm. then moving away and going, okay, I know what this does now. And then I just, I I, I make that half an hour judgment call on a game. Yeah. That, that was never a thing before, you know? True. Um, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Maybe it'll just mean that more games aren't going to stop requiring you to play them for like 10 hours to get it. You know what I mean? So like, I'm all for that. Maybe, maybe. You know, it's, you it's, know that it's, argument. Like, it gets really good after the ten hour mark. Well, yeah, well, that argument, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never but it's also like it's it's it is a double edged sword of like then do they pack too much up front and you see it all too soon and never finish the game. 
as well. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, well, that's true, actually, because there has been cases like what game? There's some game that's out at the moment that is being reviewed. Uh, oh, Darksiders 3 is now on Switch. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is that apparently it looks really, really nice for the first three levels. And then the graphics and the frame rate and everything falls apart later on in the game and it really seems as if they optimized the hell out of the first two or three levels for the <laughs> reviews and uh, a lot of reviewers are actually getting slated right now for not mentioning this because it's very clear that they only played the first level yeah, or two yeah. or whatever. i play i played dark side of three it's not a short game by any means no no it's not and then like you have to say the other side of it is as well like if you have played it on a different platform and it looks okay for the first level or two when you look at the Switch port. You're going to assume, I guess, and you're just going to say, yeah, like, it's running pretty well. I know what this game is about, and yeah. I can speak on authority about it. But then, you know, yeah, you, you kind of want to be able to tell a consumer whether or not it runs like garbage. So, hey, I don't know. It is what it is. It's a funny world we live in. Let's move the hell on. Oh, one thing I did play. Sorry, sorry. I forgot to say it. I have to say it because you're here. Um, Death Stranding. I played a lot of Death Stranding. Uh, has your thoughts on Death Stranding changed at all? Ever so slightly, but not really. Okay, okay. That, yeah. That's, that, I had a feeling. I seen you <laughs> posted in the chat about how they removed, like, the monster placement. Yeah, oh. that was the biggest thing I hated about it. But, like, they, they removed the monster placement, but you still have to do the stupid animation. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called it's called like a bridges drink or something. Bridges now, energy or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, there it's, was obviously a, a time limit on the whole monster yeah. thing, whatever. Yeah, they're they're not still giving them money, so therefore, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then every time you go for you know a crap, you you still have to see like Norman Reedus's show that I'm not even <laughs> sure is on TV anymore. Come up on yeah on the the front of the toilet. But here's the thing: I want to like that game more. But it just, it does things that I just can't forgive. And I, I find it more and more irritating every time I play it. And it's like the self-flagellation of like just, oh, like for example, animations. Like the animations in that game are super impressive the first time you see them. And then they just keep showing you them again and again and again. It's like every time I walk into an area with like those, you know, ghosts and stuff in them, the BTs, then... Like, there's three animations that has to play before you can move in that area. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. You, you come along on your bike, and next thing, the bike just shuts down, and the flowers start growing. Okay. And then you have to start the bike back up, and then you can get going again. Then, all of a sudden, your thing has to come up and go, and do its big animation thing. <laughs> and, it's, and it's all really self-indulgent. Yeah. And you're, like, I could hit a BT area, like, and there's one when you leave as well. That's the very same thing. And it's like... I could hit four BT areas between A and B. Yeah. And I'm watching like 12 animations as a result. Like rather than just like, you know, do that the first time and let me drive the hell through. Like, you know, that's little things like that would 100% make me want to finish that game. But I can't keep going back and seeing the damn animation. <laughs> yeah, it just, I get you. It kills me. I do understand. And it is, it is very self-indulgent as you say, but like I suppose I'd expect nothing less from Mr. Kojima. He's very self-indulgent when it comes to making games. He is, he is. But like, at the expense of the gameplay I found, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, this could have been, this is something that, you know, an editor would have came in and said, eh, maybe don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Anyway, doesn't matter. Moving the hell on. Let's move away from all of this and move into 
a break, I guess I should say, first of all, where <laughs> you at home, if you are listening, may hear a little ad, but everybody will get the joy of hearing about where to find us on our socials before we come back. Do hang in there. We are coming back to talk about what happened in the past week or two. And some funny stuff has happened. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about. So with all that being said, play that thing. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there. If you want to keep up with all things casual game content, you can do so in a number of ways. The easiest way to do so is to follow us on all of our socials at Casual Game Co. Not content because you only get 15 characters, but hey, what can you do? At Casual Game Co. That's at C-A-S-U-A-L-G-A-M-E-C-O. Can't be any simpler than that on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And when you're at Facebook, look for the group, the Casual Game Community. It's a good bunch. We're going to love you. Come on by. If you could do us a massive favor, like the podcast, review the podcast, and just tell a friend about the podcast. It goes a long way. And you can find all of our content on podcast forms, wherever you get your podcasts, by searching for Casual Gamecast. Thanks again for all of your help and all of your support. It means the absolute world to us. Now, back to the show. And we are back. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of things have happened since we last spoke. Since we have last met. I feel like I'm that guy from Blue's Clues right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's something that that happened since we last met. (laughs) Did you see that? That happened before that. I I feel that happened like during this month, but we, we can talk about that for a second. Did you watch that? I've seen it, yeah. And I've seen that like, the I, the, I follow some of like the kind of late night chat shows on YouTube and stuff to watch yes. some of the funny clips. And like Stephen Colbert had him on 
mm-hmm. as like as part of a sketch and everything. Like this is how big this whole Blues Clues thing blew up. <laughs> yes, and I've seen that him and the other two guys who have played the Blues Clues Manchild over the last however many years um, did a cover of Eiffel 65's Blue, I believe, <laughs> with the dog popping up for support. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, amazing stuff. I think the funniest thing to come out of that is the guy the original guy gave a statement to like when he did that video obviously you know news outlets were reaching out going oh my god this is a this is hilarious like i need to speak to you now yeah and he did an interview i can't remember who with but they had asked him you know what was the reason for you leaving in the first place and the reason he left in the first place was because he was going bald as you could probably notice yeah in the video he's even though wearing a hat he is a bald man um, and apparently they gave him an ultimatum and said either wear a wig or we'll have to get rid of you. And his statement was, I would never trust the people who put me in that outfit to pick a decent wig. So I left. <laughs> I paraphrase, but that's what it was, you know, and uh, I was like, wow, yeah, OK, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, OK, yeah. OK. But that, that isn't, isn't that a shame? Like, apparently... You know, I think he obviously had like studies he wanted to do and other reasons that like were a deciding factor. But like, you know, ultimately this man child that everybody was like, you know, growing up with and loving or whatever had this like ultimatum thrown at him that like male pattern baldness can't fly around here, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, everything in like a kid's TV show has to be perfect. And, you know, like a a bald man can look slightly older as well so they're like no 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 you must be young and never aging all the time that's the weird thing isn't it like you have to be the adult in the room that's teaching the children but you also must be approachable and be a man child it's it's a weird it's a weird role to have to play um but yeah much like blues clues man we haven't spoken in a while and a lot has happened so let's fill each other in um first of all i want to get this out of the way because i don't have much to say TGS happened, which is Tokyo Game Show, to those of you who aren't nerdy enough like me to know what the acronym stands for. Um, Yes, this is where essentially all the Japanese developers come out to play and show their latest and greatest. Honestly, not an awful lot happened. There wasn't a huge amount of announcements that I picked up on. I read through some, you know, highlights or whatever, but it was mostly stuff I already knew was coming or you know nothing newsworthy but the one thing i did find interesting was phil spencer did you see this at all he um i see like a news article or a headline or something Mm. about about something so sorry continue what 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 no you're uh, good you're good um yeah he had a panel with um oh i wish i'd written this down hideko um the guy the guy that created resident evil his, his name's escaping me. Hideko. Ah, yes, yes. Resident Evil something. Man. Resident Evil Man. Um, yes. But yeah, he's obviously heading up a Microsoft-owned studio now at Tango Gameworks. So, you know, he was there doing his presentation and Phil Spencer used him as an opportunity to kind of bridge the gap between Xbox and Tokyo as a whole. Yes. Um, because like Xbox has famously failed again and again in Japan. Um, but yeah, Phil came out saying that, nope, this is the time we're going to change things. We're really going to start, you know, going after more Japanese games and we're going to start promoting more Japanese stuff. And it really shows that like weeaboo culture has really kicked off around like Western world because 
like even he can see it now it's like, like no we need to get these Japanese games yeah. on this console like Scarlet Nexus dropped that day and apparently it was huge on Game Pass um, yeah. because there, there was there honestly was a void of that like again weeaboo type content <laughs> that I enjoy I enjoy it I'm, I'm not saying it's bad but that's what it is um, but yeah th- I think that was the most interesting thing for me, I, I am interested to see the Xbox kind of flesh out its ecosystem outside of Gears and Halo, which it has been doing for the last while. And this is another little piece to add yes. to the pie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't see any of TGS. Um, I did see a headline about how, like, you know, Xbox is trying to communicate more better with, like, over 200 Japanese developers and trying to, you know make life easier for them at microsoft and xbox and all this kind of carry on which is great it's wonderful like i've always been a proponent of let everyone play all of the games if everyone gets to play all of the games we all have a great time wow that's incredibly general but true yes it is like <laughs> but it is like you know what i mean like, it is no you're right you're right you're right it is like as as much as i love those big 10 pole playstation exclusives i feel bad for people on xbox who maybe don't have a playstation who can't play those phenomenal games and vice versa i i don't own an xbox i'd love to get a go with the new forza or halo and you know have some fun with it yep 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 for sure and like as i said before if you took those exclusive over the shoulder third person action games that ps4 and 5 have away from them their biggest strength over xbox i think was their japanese titles like Definitely. more more jrpgs more like you know sony was always the home of japan games for the yes. most part until they became mainstream um so now if xbox can kind of capitalize on that a bit more that's one less feather in the sony cap um and if chances are all of them will come to game pass so like that just that's an easy sell if you're a JRPG fan. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so that was CGS, and we did have a Nintendo Direct since we last talked. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I don't often watch the Nintendo Directs, to be honest with you, because I well, don't own a Nintendo device. And not that I don't like keeping up with the Nintendo news, but I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't own one, so like, it, you know... <laughs> I, I just think they're fun. I, I honestly think they're fun. Because um, I just love Nintendo games. They... When they're crap, they're crap. But like when they're good, when they're good, yeah. and c- this generation as well. I have yet to play Dread, but I'm hoping it falls into this caliber of Zelda came back and did good on the Switch. Mario came back and did good on the Switch. Samus hopefully will come back and also do good on the Switch. But I'm hearing great things. Yeah. Um. So like it's been a great era. In general, like Pokemon had a great game and, you know, like all the big tentpole for Animal Crossing had the biggest one in history. Um, so, like, it's it's been a great generation for them, but they've had some missteps or whatever. But their, their directs have either been boring or incredible. And this was this one kind of bordered on the incredible for some of the right reasons and a lot of the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, there was a couple just just to speed through some of the things that, that came out. We've seen that Bayonetta tree still exists. You know, and it's coming next year. No official release date, but we got to see more of it. And it's like, okay, it's not dead. Main yeah. thing. Um, and we've seen a couple of other things. ActRaiser, are, you're not a retro game guy, so you don't know what ActRaiser no. is, do you? No. <laughs> no. Okay, that's an old SNES game that was like a mixture between uh, platforming action and RTS. So like the levels will alternate. 
and it was really good and they made a remake of it and just announced it out of nowhere and dropped it on the spot so you know Sweet. interesting stuff um and you know, there, there was many other announcements but i think the biggest announcement to come out of this year's nintendo direct wasn't even a game it was at one point Miyamoto comes out on stage and says, Hey guys, sorry, going to interrupt the direct for a moment, but I want to talk to you about the Mario movie. Go, like, oh, okay, <laughs> here we go. Are we going to see it? Uh, no, no, we did not. not. No, we did not. However, we did see who was going to play everyone and the internet lost its collective mind. Um, I'm, I'm, assu- a... I'm assuming you know who the, the cast list, do you? Oh yeah, like this is a star-studded cast. This is the one thing from the Nintendo Direct that I do know about because this was yes. everywhere. You could not avoid this new story if you tried. Yes, this is like this is like Shrek level star casting, you know. Oh yeah, um, oh, for sure. So let's let's run the gamut, okay? okay. Let, let's let's just run the gamut here. So we have. Do you leave him for last? No, let's just do him straight up. So Mario. Okay, yes. the the kind of problematic Italian stereotype that we've all known and loved for 30 years. Um, who has always been voiced, by the way, by Charles Martinet, who is also in this movie in an in- undisclosed capacity. <laughs> um, but Mario is going to be voiced in the CG movie by, uh, and at home, if you're not aware, I'm co- of course in your mind, who else could it be? Who else could it be? Only Andy from Parks and Rec, Star-Lord from the MCU, the guy who trains the raptors in Jurassic Park, Chris <laughs> Pratt himself. Um, Chris Pratt as Mario. I know, right? That's How like, do we feel about that? Do you know what's happening here, right? I'll tell you uh-huh. what's happening here. And this cast tells me exactly what's happening here. They're, Nintendo, with this movie, are trying to pull a Detective Pikachu. They're trying to modernize it, get the, you know, the, the known faces and names in there and get, okay. like, you know. Before we go into the, into the theories of what they're doing, because I, I have many hot takes and I'm afraid that we'll, we'll stumble away from this. Let's go through the cast. Okay. And then, I think, and then I think we kind of work out from there then why they've done that. Right. Let's go. Quick fire round. Let's quick go. fire. Yeah, right. quick fire. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. You will know her from the Queen's Gambit. Yes. Um, I think that's a good choice. Yep. Seems good to me. Seems fine. Yep. yep. Seems fine. She, she looks good and blonde. And uh, she can be soft-spoken. Uh, we have Jack Black as Bowser. Yep. Sure. He's going to be loud and screamy and like just his super energetic Jack Black. Yes. And Jack Black has range. You know, like you you like to think he's just that TikToker and tenacious D guy, but like, no, he genuinely has good acting chops when he wants to. So I'd say he could pull off something quite energetic, as you said, and, you know, fun here. Uh, I I just hope that they don't Jack Blackify Bowser. Like, I hope that it's like, yeah, he is playing Bowser. He's not being, hey, I'm I'm Bowser. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get you. (laughs) Uh, Charlie Day as Luigi is inspired. Mm hmm. I saw that and went, yes. This is the only one in these, by the way. I said, like, there's a lot of these I can argue in my head, but like, Luigi, Charlie Day couldn't want anybody else after <laughs> hearing that. You know? Yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I can yeah, see it. 
I can see I can see it too. Yeah, he has that <laughs> deep grab, yeah, gravelly <laughs> voice kind of thing as well going on, which I think blends perfectly to a gorilla. And of course, he uh, has the CG movie props, uh, having both directed, I believe, and produced and starred in the CG classic, not for kids, Sausage Party. <laughs> yes, yes, that was, I actually caught about 10 minutes of that on TV the other night. Oh, it's awful. It's oh, awful. And terrible. disturbing. Yes. And disturbing, in equal measure. Um, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I, I like Frank Armisen. I think he could do a good job there. Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek. Um, I'm not even quite sure who Kevin Michael Richardson is. No, me neither. I'm going to click on him here on IMDb and see you what he might Kamek be. Is the is the Mario villain who's like a wizard. Uh, he's always like Bowser's right-hand man almost. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what his past work is kevin i mean um but okay sure. so let, let, let me hit you with some of uh kevin michael richardson's past work okay go the 1995 mortal kombat movie he was goro no he is... no way goro is gonna be in the mario yes. movie awesome he is the mauler twins in invincible he is Rosie in F is for Family. He is Beastman in Masters of the Universe, the recent um, He-Man Netflix thing. Okay. Uh, he is in. He's Morpheus in Robot Chicken. He he's in the movie Trolls. He's in Marvel's uh, Modoc series, Teen Titans Go. Like this guy has voice acting chops out to wazoo. Okay. Anim- he's, he's Animaniacs, done some work. Woody Woodpecker, Samurai Jack. <laughs> that animated star trek stuff okay we get it we get yeah, it the yeah, guy, yeah, the guy yeah. has been in you name a cartoon he's been in it okay yeah and but video like, games too like so he is you know yeah 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 so he he, he knows what he's doing i'm sure i'm yes. sure um but he's voicing a character that i don't think has ever really been voiced before so you know he, he probably has free reign um but speaking of a character that has spoken before and what a bizarre choice toad will be voiced by Keegan-Michael Key, as yes. in of Key and Peel. Yes, Keegan-Michael Key of Key and Peel. <laughs> is he going to, is he going to talk like that? Or, you know, like, is he? I don't know, like, I don't know if, like, how many of these people are going to put on voices or are they, is know. it going to be the real, just a regular voice and that's what they're going for? I don't know, and I, I, I think, I think we both probably have thoughts there. And just to wrap it up, Sebastian Manil or something or another is Spike whatever moving on oh Charles Martinet as I mentioned earlier will be voicing something they haven't specified but he for anyone that is not familiar Charles Martinet has been the voice of Mario and all pretty much of the male people in Mario games since Mario 64 so like he's been around he's done a lot of work for them and for whatever reason they've tried they've decided to like stab in the back when like you know Hollywood <laughs> came around yeah um but yeah, so so I, I interrupted you earlier. What what's your take on the Star Studio cast? The Star, I think they're going. To, they're, I think they're trying to do a Detective Pikachu. Okay. So like, Detective Pikachu was going to get people to go see it anyway because it's Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. But they also slapped Ryan Reynolds all over it. Yes. You know to get yes. people to go. Ryan Reynolds is in this movie. I like Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to go see this movie. Hmm. This is the same thing. You have your Chris Pratt, your Jack Blacks, your Seth Rogans. Like these are all 
some of them comedy icons and like you know in the upper yeah. echelon of comedy actors some of them more like the likes of your fred armison is great at like impressions and this kind of thing so he could easily you know put on crazy voices and do all this kind of stuff yeah yeah like i think it's they're coming out strong because if nintendo plan to make more movies in the future they're going to go like look what we can do and look at the power we can get look at the star power we can pull in and plus, sure. I think, yeah. you know, I get the feeling once the whole, this movie comes out and the whole, um, you know, press tour starts where, like, you know, your actors are doing like yes. 500 interviews a day. Mm-hmm. I bet you, I I would put money on it that like most, if not all of these actors are going to say, well, Mario is the biggest game franchise in the world. When Nintendo comes knocking on your door, you don't say no. I guarantee you they will say that in interviews. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I... That's the reason I think 100% this is done. Yeah. Is um, star power is one thing, but it's the press junkets like that. I've, I'm pulling this information from another movie podcast or whatever. But like you know, the i the idea, the reason why Shrek was so successful was that they literally made sure to get a star-studded cast for the CG movie and nobody had really done that until then and the reasoning behind it was we'll get the stars it'll cost a buttload but we'll write it into their contract that they have to do like a million press junkets coming up to it so every time you turn on the TV or listen to the radio or whatever Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy and Cameron Diaz are going to be there talking about how this movie is going to be amazing and you know you you, it earworms in and you then want to see it Um, this is the exact same thing this is going to be you know Chris Pratt Charlie Day Seth Rogen Anya Taylor they're all going to be on like Oprah or well the equivalent or whatever and Ellen or whatever they're all they're all after retiring Uh, whoever's popular now all the late like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and all the the other Jimmies that do late night shows they're all the Jimmies all the Jimmies Um, (laughs) but like it's in your contract all the Jimmies Um, but yeah they're going to be on those and you know it's, it's going to be that and I think Here's the thing. I don't know whether I like it or not, because I think, like you, they're going to Detective Pikachu this. I think it's going to be like, I think Nintendo have investors in this that want to see money and they want to see money, too. And I think that somebody in the boardroom pointed at Jumanji. I mean, that was super, super, you know, popular, made a lot of money. And it was about a freaking board game. Yeah. Um, and then they went, well, what did they do in Jumanji? Um, they got a, a stupid reason concocted why The Rock and, you know, Chris Hart and all the rest of them, or Kevin Hart, had to be in it. Um, and I think this is going to be the same thing. So I almost guarantee, I almost guarantee that we are going to see live action versions of all these actors. And they will somehow be sucked into the Mario universe and they will be there playing a game or something in a room with controllers in their hands and something will happen. Lightning will strike and, you know, the the TV will freak out and they'll get sucked into the Mario world. And this is where Charles Martinet has his chance to voice Mario because he is actually Mario. But Chris Pratt gets sucked into Mario's body and has to figure out how to leave the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, and this is this is kind of where it's going, I, I assume. But then a part of me kind of thinks that's more interesting, actually, than if they just did, you know, because this, this is the Minions people making this movie. If they just did a straight up Mario movie, which was in the Mushroom Kingdom and it was just about him saving 
Princess Peach, Peach again. Yeah. Would I care? I think I might watch it and then never think about it again. But if it's like Jumanji, I've thought about Jumanji since I've watched it. You know, like I prefer the original, but like it was yeah. fun. Yeah. You know, and it was like, yeah, okay, this is interesting. I think this is at least an interesting way to go. I, I'm more interested now than I was before I heard the set list. Yeah, me too. Like when someone said to me Mario movie, I was like, eh. You know, yeah, but yeah. now now I want to see how it works with this star-studded cast. That has me more intrigued, is like what is the final product? Yes, intrigued is, is kind of the word. But like yeah. I think I do think it is going to open it up that like if this wasn't star-studded and it was just Charles Martinet, as much as I want him to work, if it was just him doing all the voices, you would have kids wanting to go. You would yeah. have parents wanting to go. You would want. You would have morbidly curious gamers wanting to go to the cinema. Now, it's a star-studded cast and it probably will be the biggest blockbuster of the month. Yeah. Oh, unless, yeah. unless Marvel has something coming out that month. You know, um, oh, of course, so yeah, of course. I think they set themselves up nicely. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like they're going to catch everybody, and like at the same time as well. Also, it's Mario. Your granny knows who Mario is. You know, like he is one of the gaming icons that even people who don't play games know who Mario is. For so, sure. So what? What? What better movie to start with? And Chris Pratt is just the biggest outlier because all of them I could see if they if I'm wrong. And they did go the impersonation route. All of them I could see doing the roles. Except Pratt. I Now Pratt was in the Lego movie, come to think of it. Yeah, I think he, Pratt he is the, the main one guy that, in that. that like, when, when kind of let loose to be a big kid, I think he pulls it off and doesn't need to do impressions. So like, as Emmett in the Lego movie, as Andy in Parks and Rec, yeah. you know, like he is good at fitting into that, like, you know, happy-go-lucky dumb guy. Yeah, but can he do a D accent? <laughs> oh God! If he does the if he does the accent, I think a lot of people are gonna walk out. <laughs> why you, you why are you not using your accent no more? <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. But not to hammer the drum for too long. Um, that by far was the most interesting thing to come out of it. But there was a couple of interesting game things. I don't want to just gloss over. Um, you won't have much interest, so I'll just bang through these. Uh, Kirby is getting a new game and it's the first 3d like kind of looks like an open world game ever of kirby's um, actually seen is... the trailer for this and it looks yeah it, it's like it's to me from an outside perspective it's like kirby getting like some breath of the wild treatment or mario odyssey treatment or whatever you yeah know? yeah it very much looks like Mar mario odyssey meets kirby or whatever or even like the environments look like near automata or something it's like it's like wow post-apocalyptic kirby sign me up <laughs> um the switch online was the biggest thing for me for me like the thing that got me excited the thing that revved my engine chain was not the new games but the old games <laughs> because they are now going to be extending their online services, apparently, to include not just NES games and SNES games, which has been a really disappointing, you know, slew of games that they've put out there. Like, they always start these things really strong. They put out like six or seven or 12 or 20, however many, I can't remember, games at the beginning that are like choice, you know? They're like, yeah, that's a good library. And then like, we're going to keep adding to that over time. How often? 
We don't know. We're going to be pretty sporadic about it. And then, like, how many games come out each time? Don't know. You're going to have to wait and see. And then, like, every time it's different. Yeah. And then, is it going to be a constant, you know, level of quality of games I'm getting? No. <laughs> it's going to be, like, really easy ones to license and, you know, really weird crap that, like, in one hand, I'm glad I have access to, or the world has access to, but, like, nobody wants it. Um, Give me the, the good games first, please. Um, But they are now extending... They reach out to Nintendo 64 and Genesis, or Mega Drive to us. And this has me excited because Nintendo 64, you can't really get those games many places. You can get them on the Wii and Wii U through the Virtual Console, which is now dead or whatever. But, like, that's it. And then they're really hard to emulate on anything else. So, like, yeah. it's nice that they're coming to this service and people can play them again. Because, like... The Nintendo 64 has hit what the SNES hit years ago in nostalgia. You know, it's finally come around. It's been long enough that people are like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, um, Mario 64, Star Fox 64, F-Zero, or I guess, you know, uh, Zelda. You know, like that. They're, they're big ones. And I think I don't think anyone is going to spend any time on anything else but those four. But, you know, it's gone back into the zeitgeist. The Genesis and Mega Drive ones, I'm actually perplexed as to why. Because the games that they announced that are coming are already on a collection on the Switch. Um, yeah. And it's always on sale. You can get them pretty easily and never have to pay for a service to play them. And on top of that, for the privilege to play the Mega Drive games and Nintendo 64 games, you have to pay more for the service. And they have not disclosed how much that's going to be. I, I, I think it's about time they up this. You know, they they can up the price of that. It's like twenty quid for a year. Yeah, but it's like, nothing. it's nothing. But at the same time, it's a terrible system. Like it's yeah. uh they haven't offered much for you to want to pay more. I don't think this is it. I don't think this is the time to go. Like, oh yeah, now like add voice chat and we'll talk. You know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, add a lobby system. God damn it. Um, but like, yeah, they're doing that. But the, the most exciting thing for me, for me as a person, yeah, as an emulator, is they are making official wireless controls for both the Nintendo 64 and the Mega Drive. Don't care about the Mega Drive. A million other companies have done it. An official Nintendo 64 ridiculous looking controller that's wireless and Bluetooth I'm going to buy like four of them. Yeah. Yeah. People will. They will sell like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to buy them and never use them on the Switch. I'm going to like literally use them for PC emulation. It's going to be glorious. Yeah. Glorious <laughs> wireless PC emulation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there was a load of other games that were announced or whatever and blah, 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 blah. But that was the highlights, I feel, of the show. Um, it, They did say that there would be an upcoming announcement. And I will just touch on that very quickly. Uh, which has happened since we talked as well, where they said Sakurai was going to come out and announce the last Smash Brothers character to hit uh, Ultimate yes. before they retire it. And since then, it has come out, and unbelievably, it's Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I don't really care that much, but no. the fans do. They've been asking for this for a long time. It was like Sora... Goku and I can't remember who else, but there's been a few kicking around for years. And I honestly thought Sora would be the hardest one 
because of that whole Disney tie, you know? Yeah. Um, but they got him. They got him. Hey. So is, like, when you go for the rights to Sora, like, mm-hmm. is it, do you have to contend with Disney or do you have to contend with Square? I think Square, because it's been confirmed that, you know, Mickey and Goofy or whatever won't be in Smash. Right, right. So, yeah, it probably is, yeah. It Maybe there's, like, a handshake has to happen, but, like, I imagine that the original characters are squares because I noticed in that third game, which I only played about half of, very little, very little um, square characters were popping up. And I was wondering, like... Was that one more so made with Disney license money? And I, I don't know. There's a weird thing. Actually, now that I think about it, that doesn't even make sense. There's a weird dichotomy between the Square characters and the Disney characters. We're actually in that game. It's now pretty much all Disney characters. And they've gotten rid of all the Final Fantasy characters and stuff for the most yeah. part. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. Like, where where do the Kingdom Hearts, like, IP characters fall? You know, like, yeah. is, it, is it half and half? I don't know. Look, there's probably loads of mad legal jargon and contracts that you and I are definitely not qualified to understand. No, no. But I would like to know. I would like to know. I'll do some research on that and see who owns what. Oh, please do. Um, Only other thing. Sorry, two other things from Nintendo while we're talking Nintendo, if that's cool. I (laughs) wanted to ask you, have you any interest in ever going to the Mario theme park? I have a curiosity. I would like to just to, you know, I'd like to stand in it and go, wow, this really is like Mario. And then I think that'd <laughs> yeah. be enough. So I'd, like, I'd have to fly to Japan or whatever, spend thousands of euros to get there, to stand in the team park for five minutes and go, huh, yeah, they did a good job. Okay, bye now. <laughs> yeah, it is coming to the States eventually, but yeah, yeah you're right. And you'd have to go to Japan. Um. But apparently it's a fantastic, phenomenal, you know, recreation of it. Like, it it really does the job. But, but they are adding a build-on kind of like, it's almost like DLC to the park. (laughs) You know, like the the first DLC to the Mario theme park is Donkey Kong. Specifically, it's going to be all related to Donkey Kong, the the bastard child of Nintendo, who like... It's going to be 70% the size of the main area as well. So it's it's beefy. Mm. And it's all Donkey Kong, apparently. And I'm just trying to think, how do you... How do you wrap that much of the park around that one character that your company won't even make games for? You hire other companies to do them because you don't care about it. But you'll make 70% of your park Donkey Kong related. and Or an additional 70 And... What is it just barrels and bananas and <laughs> what do you do with that space? You know, like, yeah. why is it not Zelda or something? Yeah, Zelda seems like a no brainer. Yeah, that's like, OK, we have Mario. Yeah, I guess we need Zelda. I guess we need Donkey Kong. <laughs> Who's coming to the Donkey Kong area? The diehard Donkey Kong fans out there. And like when you go to Nintendo theme park, do you like buy a ticket and the guy at the desk is like you know for an additional like 15 dollars or whatever you can add on the the donkey kong team park <laughs> i would hope it's one price in i would i would genuinely hope it's one price right. in because nobody's it, going into donkey kong land if it's extra <laughs> <laughs> it's a loot box situation where you have to like you know to get to the cashier and it's like you know 
Which box do you want to pick to see if you get your Donkey Kong ticket? <laughs> How many bananas does it take to kill you again? Is it seven? Eat eight bananas and you can go see <laughs> If Donkey you survive, Kong. you get to the Donkey Kong land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Squid Game. You have to, like, you know, you have to weed <laughs> out the weak. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's a bizarre thing. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about regarding Nintendo was, um, did you see, did you see that Bloomberg will not let a dead horse die uh, they are still flogging the Switch 4K rumor rumor mill, let's say. Yes. Um, they're relentless. They're relentless that this is happening and that Nintendo is lying to us all. Um, and to a degree, they probably are. Like, every company is doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. like It's like saying, Sony are planning on releasing a PS6 eventually. It's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you Obviously. know, probably. Obviously. Even if it never happens, like, I'm sure they're planning it. Like, But, like, you know, they're... The, the the hubris of Bloomberg this time around are, are saying not only are Nintendo working on it, but they've given it to multiple developers in a kind of a dev kit fashion. And they have been working on a game each for this console that's going to release for holiday next year. Keeping in mind only a couple of months ago, they said that there was going to be one for holiday this year. Yeah. Which turned out to be just a revision of the old Switch. And since then... You know, the bizarre thing that I want to talk to you about is, like, uncharacteristic move of Nintendo. Nintendo don't really do the social media, like, reach out, going, like, clarification stuff. They're, like, they're pretty old school, you yeah. know? But this time, they reached out and went, uh, no. No. No, sorry, buddy. No, no, you're wrong here. That's that's inaccurate. They didn't say, like, straight up no. They said it's inaccurate, I think, was the exact statement. Because, of course, they're working on a feckin' sequel to the Switch. Of course. Um, so but maybe, I don't think maybe they're, they're going to be next here, holiday. Here's my theory. When they say inaccurate, they mean Switch 4K mod is like it's inaccurate, but it's also accurate. So as in like yeah. they're saying what you're saying is inaccurate, but it probably does exist because it's going to be the Switch 2 or whatever. You know? Yeah, I think it was just like, you know, wading into the internet to say, No, you're full of it, and then yeah. just walking away. Don't give too much detail. Don't yeah. don't, you know, do with anything, but just say the generic thing. Um the most funny thing about it, and I don't see it on this. Um, no, I do see it. I was going to say I don't see it on the doc I was reading, but the one developer that Bloomberg, like they said, like 13 or so developers have this dev kit. And the only one that they name dropped was Zynga. And Zynga is not a developer that's ever developed anything on the Switch before. Nope. So this right, is the like Facebook guys are like yeah they make like farmville or whatever yes yeah, yes yeah, yeah. They, they, they are like mobile game people yes um but like they have never developed anything for the switch before so straight away it was bizarre they're like oh so they have a 4k dev kit ahead of possibly other devs that would you know spring to mind um but apparently representatives from zynga have come out saying no that's not true at all no, we can say hand on heart. No, sorry, that's not true. So, so like, like, who in Bloomberg is getting this information, and why are they adamant to get out there and make tarnish their name? So, do you think since Jason Schreier went over to Bloomberg to do like game reporting for Bloomberg, that he just like mm. feels like he needs to come up with news stories or pull them out of somewhere? Was it Schreier that broke this this time though? Probably not. I don't know, but I just let me see. Ever since Schreier went to Bloomberg. There has been so much gaming news coming out of Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I think 
Bloomberg probably started to look at how gaming is one of the largest entertainment mediums in the world and said, we need to get in on that report in action because it's yeah. going to drive clicks and traffic and et cetera, et cetera. And they're uh, not wrong. It's, it, I'm sure it's doing the job. Yeah, yeah. So since Schreier arrived there at Bloomberg, it just seems to have exponentially exploded with gaming news. Every se- every week I'm looking through the news for this show, like I see Bloomberg this, Bloomberg that, you know, it's Bloomberg everything. Yep, 100%. And like, I'm not seeing his name attached to this, but you are right. I do, I would be highly of the mind let's say that his hand might have been tangential to it if not in it but it, his influence is certainly being felt over there oh, yeah. and like when was the last time you heard bloomberg reporting on a gaming thing and it actually being true yeah that's the thing i hear it and i go oh, bloomberg Do you know and there was a time where that name was had a bit of weight to me you know but now i'm just like oh, bloomberg yeah, <laughs> you know exactly exactly <laughs> exactly they uh, need they need to break something big to get some credibility back something that's true and big you know, because yes. right now they're just doing any old crap and like people are like, they're just getting sick of it. For sure, for sure. But that's all of the Nintendo news and TGS news that happened since we last talked, Shane, that I wanted to have an old chat in about. But I think yeah. a lot of it was like really, you know, apart from the, the Mario casting, a lot of it was like me stuff. So I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just talking about my excitement to you. I'm just like yeah. pushing it on you. You know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're just there. You're just there photosynthesizing my excitement <laughs> about Nintendo, you know? Exactly. I have a little bit of that this week too. Oh, so okay, bye. So bye. what is possibly the worst kept secret in gaming at the moment, mm-hmm. um, Bluepoint has like officially been announced as you know, joining the Sony family, even though it was announced unofficially about like 45 years ago at this stage. Um, yeah, but, wasn't it a couple of months ago that screenshot went out that it was like, you know, we are delighted to welcome yeah, this yeah, and, yeah. and it wasn't official yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but now it's official. So Bluepoint is officially in the, the Sony family, the Sony ecosystem, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but what excites me more about this this is what gets the giddy little child in me going. Is there has been some some uh, rumblings on the the internet sphere about what Bluepoint is doing at Sony. Oh, interesting. So there was a tweet from one Colin Moriarty, who, if you mm-hmm. don't know who he is, used to be work for IGN and then went on to found a kind of funny youtube channel with some other ex igners and stuff like that greg miller and the likes yeah greg miller and the likes and he still has a lot of his like you know industry contacts and whatever yeah because he's not there anymore he's on his own yes he's out, now, he's, out, he? he's out yeah. on his own yeah so he said he has it on very good authority from a source that uh blue point games might be taking a little trip back to old yarnum interesting yeah because that would make a lot of sense if you have that on you know that company underneath your belt and you can do whatever the fuck you want with them now then yeah. like yeah that makes a lot of sense and it makes a lot of sense why bloodborne hasn't gotten a 60 fps 4k patch yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. if it did why would you care that much you would obviously still care if you're a fan but like why why sully the potential sale of somebody going getting like oh it's 4k and it runs like you know amazing and yeah. it's new graphics it's like yeah this this sounds and Colin Colin Moriarty like he's he can be a bit of a douche at times. I guess of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He can, he's he's but like but like I I have to say that's a very harsh statement on my behalf. 
like but he, he he's unapologetically blunt oh yeah is, is what it is and, and that less douchey more blunt yes. and having said that though He's got a lot of like credibility, you know, mm-hmm. like his journalistic integrity is something that he wears on his sleeve. Yeah. Um. So, you know, when he says it and being a PlayStation insider for as long as he was, you know, I believe it. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Ooh. Someone else, some other game person thing, journalist, dude, lady, I can't really remember. That's why I'm babbling all these words. Um kind of chimed in on the conversation as well and mm. said they have one source and they're waiting for like a second source for the whole kind of you know journalists do the whole double confirmation thing before they're ready to like really confirm a story sure that not only are is uh bloodborne going to get the blue point treatment mm-hmm. but the sequel to bloodborne is being made by blue point Oh, snap. Okay, so I've not heard any of this. So, like, wow. Are we sure that they're going to do both? Or is it just going to be a sequel? We're not, we're not 100%. Yeah. So there's, there's the... Wow. The Blue Point redo of Bloodborne is mm-hmm. has a bit more solid foundation as a rumor than the sequel does. Okay. That's why... Like I said, the other journalist who joined in the conversation was waiting for more confirmations. It's the the, yeah, the, yeah. the Bloodborne Two was a little shakier. So here's here here's my thoughts. Right, I think it makes an awful lot of sense. Think about it. You've got Blue Point. Right? What are Blue Point known for doing? Oh yeah, all remakes, remasters, redos. Like yeah, yeah, taking a game and spit shining it. All right, mm-hmm. so yes, they have shown their chops to be able to make a Souls game with the Demon Souls you yeah. know, remake. Granted, they didn't build that from the ground up mechanics-wise, but they obviously reverse-engineered an awful lot and learned how to do it. Um, so they, they definitely have at least the chops to be trusted with at least one go-around. Yeah. Um, and having said that, they're really, really good at taking old games and just giving it to bare bones, you know, spit shine as well. Like, look at the Metal Gear Solid um, yeah. ports to, you know, the, the modern consoles and stuff. Like, they can just go in and do a dual project here and just say, like, yes, we're taking the original Bloodborne, which is not an old game, so it doesn't need no. to be remade. No. Um, we're going to put it in 4K60, and those assets are still amazing. I've seen, like, oh, yeah. you know, people who have reverse engineered and gotten it through the ps4 in a hacked ps4 or whatever and put it on pc and then up the resolution that looks as good as any game any game hands down um so like if they just did that and then said okay 4k 60 patch for the original bloodborne maybe as a collector's edition re-release or something director's cut director's cut (laughs) yeah get kojima involved um (laughs) but like if they did that and then said, and we're doing this so we can tell you that we're going to release Bloodborne 2, also by Blue Point Games, in like a year or whatever. Yeah. Like a year is a, is a short time in, in this kind of like, in the Souls community. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you get a lot of fervor built up over a year there, you know what I mean? They drop the 4K60 thing, people get back into Yarnum. 
they, they do this, it drives the fervor up. People who didn't jump back in are hearing about it all of a sudden again. Like, what's this bloodborne? Gabo's coming. Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, before you know it, it's holiday season and Bloodborne 2 is on the shelf. Um, yep. I, yeah, it could be huge. Could be. It's Look, we'll wait and see because I know with this announcement of them joining the PlayStation Studios, there was a lot of the news outlets reporting on like how that you know they're they really do want to work on some original games mm-hmm. and maybe a kind of show of faith to sony yes we know they can remake games but can they make something from the ground up and if maybe sony kind of lets them prove themselves with an existing ip but making their own version of it then they'll go okay blue point you are free to go make whatever the hell you want to make yeah okay yeah that makes sense that yeah. makes sense i think that like God bless them. I hope that they do get to make a game for once. You know, like yes, that would be. I do. I, I really do. Maybe, maybe they do like just doing remakes. I don't know. But a part of me likes to think that okay, they like surely they have a lot of creative people on their team that would just like to like stretch their legs a little. You know, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But whilst we're talking about remakes, remasters, because we are running on, so we, we'll we'll wrap this news section up soon. But like. I know you'll be interested in this. Is Konami apparently are dusting off the old logo and getting yeah. back in the game? Did you see this? I did. I did see this. Yeah, with apparently Metal Gear Solid Three of all games. Okay, I said we're running on, but we have to get into this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Yeah, like Konami is saying, yeah, we're going to do re-releases and remasters and whatever the hell they said about, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, about three of their pillar franchises. Castlevania, yeah, which is okay. That as long as they don't do the weird 3D ones again. Um, Silent Hill, which, yay, you know, great. I, I hope I I would love to see a blue point take on the original Silent Hill trilogy. That'd be amazing. Um, but Metal Gear Solid, and specifically the one they've they've semi confirmed is Metal Gear Solid Three. Which don't get me wrong, Shane. Don't get me wrong, that's like a top five game for me. That's like, oh, yeah. that that's my Metal Gear, you know what I mean? That That's the one I go to. Um, But, weird that they would start a tree. Like, not even two. Yeah. But tree, you know what I mean? Like, I, I obviously you think Metal Gear 1, but Metal Gear 1 would need the most work because it's a PS1 game. Yes, definitely. Do, do you know what I mean? So like, it or you can't really use Twin Snakes either. Like, you have to kind of make a new thing um and metal gear 3 is a ps2 game which you know looks great still to me you know considering its limitations but it looks as graphically competent as 2 i just i'm struggling to realize why 3 why why start there is it just because it's the best reviewed one or i don't know i i I don't know either like maybe possibly i I don't see the logic in it. I just don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something that we are not getting or seeing here that Konami clearly see. Is Tree the one that got the fancy pachinko machine redo? I was just going to say, do you think that this is their most successful pachinko machine? <laughs> Probably, because I remember the, mm. the, the the trailer that was floating around online there a few years ago that was like the Metal Gear Tree pachinko and it was like gorgeous up-res, yes. like HD and stuff. Maybe... Do you think because they have those assets for the pachinko machines that they're just going to be like, oh, this is just easy money for us. We already have the assets. Maybe. I would imagine, though, that that trailer or that not the trailer, but it was they made a trailer. But but all those 
assets or whatever are, are seen on the pachinko machine. They're playing as you're playing the thing. So, like, I don't think that they're assets in the traditional sense. They're not, like, 3D models. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's just, like, a 2D graphic, you know, doesn't need... It's an animation for all the world in CG. But maybe, maybe they did go the whole hog and, you know take the original 3d models and up them and then record some gameplay with them or something but i would imagine that was just 2d animation um fancy as hell animation mind you but like maybe i don't know it's just why are konami so weird <laughs> you know like you've got some of the most classic well-known well-loved franchises in the world and this is what you're doing i, I just can't wait to see what they announced about silent hill and castlevania like what yeah we're, we're going to do silent hill for the room and we're gonna go to the weird 3d castlevania that nobody likes you know it's just like I, I if konami did that i would not be surprised yeah at all would, i wouldn't it, i wouldn't put it past them they're a strange strange company what i would like to see though is if any of these remakes do really well like does this spur a new kind of blue point style studio? Does someone that starts doing these remakes, if they're not done internally, do we find our new blue point? I hope so. Cause you would imagine with blue point being so successful that there is, I'm sure there is other companies that I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but there is other remake studios out there. Oh yeah. And nobody really does it as well as blue point, but I'm sure other people are looking at that model going like, Ooh, that's, Oh yeah, they're probably like that's a model we could get behind. They're probably going into a Konami boardroom, going like you know, doing the sales pitch, going like you know, Blue Point Studios remade this game and it made X amount yeah, yeah. of profit over it. We can do that for you too, you know. We're we're the next Blue Point or whatever. So I'm sure yeah. that's out there. There's definitely money to be made from it. There is. I just hope that Konami doesn't get like the the Aldi version of Blue Point, where like <laughs> you, you know we get like a subpar remake or whatever, because yeah. that's that's what kills companies like definitely. Um, but yeah, we will see. We will see. Now, with all that being said, Shane, is there anything else that we need to discuss in the news? Not for me, anyway. I am all news though. Isn't it lovely that it's just the two of us, and yet here we are running longer than usual. <laughs> <laughs> that's because there's no one here to rein us in. We are we've been let <laughs> yeah. off the leash. <laughs> We're out of control. Um, but yeah, with all that being said, let's take a quick break in order to jump into the question of the week, which this week comes from our Facebook community. But with that said, play that thing. Question of the week. Now, our question of the week this week comes from, and I'm going to butcher your name again. I know you are a good man. You're Lopes in our Discord community, which you can find a link to below, by the way. Um... But in Facebook, you are down as Ristiard O'Mactier. I would have assumed as Richard O'Mactier. Yeah, something Mac like that. McIntyre? Who knows? But Ristiard um, asks, what was a game or sequence in which you had to play it with your lights on? And his example that he gave was Ravenholm in Half-Life 2. So Shane, any games out there that really put the heebie-jeebies up in you that you just couldn't sit down and play games in the dark so traditionally i'm not a big horror game player as we know oh yeah you're actually a kind of a horror baby with games yeah, aren't you i am i am a little bit um <laughs> i forgot so uh, my answer is twofold one is the adult answer and one is the kid answer so oh that's a good idea yeah because I, yeah. I don't have a lot of adult answers yeah so the adult in me is probably dead space 
Oh, oh, re- to this day, you can't play Dead Space with the lights on. I haven't tried in a long, long time. But yeah. like when I did play Dead Space, like that, that game really, like I'm not good with the jump scares, man. They really do, like they really, I'm like one of those people like you see on like reaction videos or whatever, where a jump scare yeah, makes me like do a yeah, backflip yeah, yeah. out of the chair, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And as a kid, I believe I've spoke about it on this podcast before. If not, it definitely came up in an article I wrote about Doom a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, It was whatever Doom, the Doom was on the PS1, was it like Doom Super Edition or Doom, whatever the PS1 release of Doom was? Yeah, uh, um, Ultimate Doom or something. Ultimate Doom? Yeah, I think, I think it is Ultimate Doom. Yeah, Ultimate Doom, Ultimate Doom. As a kid, I remember being in my friend's house playing it and in his like living room in the dark playing doom you know at the time all the monsters were super scary even though now they're like you know made of eight pixels or whatever yeah 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 yeah. And they're there comical was, now like, there was yeah. always that one monster that you could hear but never find yeah yeah <laughs> that, that terrified me as a kid oh, absolutely man. that put the shits up me as a kid okay i can i can kind of relate to that because I've been playing Doom 1 and 2 a little bit on the Oculus Quest. Yes. Because it's just like, there's a hacked version of it that like allows you to like be the Doom guy, you know, and you're there. And it's it's comical for the most part. But like that that thing is in like 3D audio. So it's like you're never quite sure where it is. And it's not even there. It's just a yeah. noise. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, you, you can't be sure that it's not just something around the corner. So like I'm kind of creeping around in my living room with this thing on my face. And all I can hear is like, <sighs> Yeah, even now, even remembering back, that makes me go, ooh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, Yeah, so this is a funny one for me. I I completely relate to the Ravenholm thing. I think that... When did I play that first? I played that first on 360, and I think I probably had the lights off because I generally game with the lights off because I don't like lights that much if mm-hmm. i'm deadly honest you know i like I, leds are and stuff are fine you know but like room lights i have a big problem with i just don't like them you know I, I i want them down either all the way as low as they can go or i want them off and i want candlelight because whatever reason i hate fluorescence and i hate like standard lights um so i generally turn them off but i do remember as a young teenager do you ever play those games on the PS2? Um, Project Zero? Yes, I remember Project Zero. The camera thing? Yes. You know, we have to take pictures of ghosts. Ooh. That first game Ooh. freaked the crap out of me. Sorry, super quick tangent. Quick shout yeah. out to the game, you know, the, the kind of horror FPS Fear. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Quick shout out to Fear for like that little girl that used to like pop up when you got to the top of a ladder and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Project Zero just reminded me of that. But yeah, Project Zero, yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Fear is an interesting one because I remember playing the first one and I didn't really get... There was one or two jump scares. Yeah. Like, huh, you know, but like, I don't... Jump scares never do much more to me than... Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where I'm kind of just like... that. They're, I find them so cheap. Mm. I find them so cheap. It's just like, you couldn't scare me, so instead you had to startle me. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's what I feel about them. But like, um, some games that I've actually genuinely brightened me like resident evil 7 had a couple of moments where i was like ah god damn it they really got me there um but i did play all those in the dark the project zero yeah i remember i i i don't know i i was really oh silent hill 2 silent Mm. hill 2 was a hard play i did play that in the dark because 
I wasn't allowed to have it or something. There was some, some I I'm I know I was old enough that I should have been able to play it, but like something happened where my parents didn't want me to have it, and I remember playing it in the dark when I was supposed to be asleep ah, with the yes. TV turned down super low because I didn't think to put earphones in. Or yeah. yeah, 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 and. I remember having to play it in the dark and being so freaked, like so freaked playing through it because of the eeriness or whatever, where you never felt safe, you know? Yeah. And like then trying to sleep afterwards was a nightmare. So for weeks I was sleep deprived, you know? Um, <laughs> but that was a game I wish I could have turned the light on was playing. Um, Fear 2, actually. Fear 2 was a good one because... Yeah. Now, this wasn't even me with the lights off. Now, this is just me talking about jump scares. Um, Fear 2. Do you remember in that second game, you go to like a school at some point and you, you walk into the school and you're looking down a corridor and the corridor is just lined with school lockers. Yeah. As you start walking down the corridor, all the lockers start opening in like a kind of a Mexican wave style. Where it's like, yeah. The whole way down. And then all of a sudden something freaky comes up the hallway at you. That's, yeah, that made me go, ah! Yeah, because the lockers the lockers build the tension, then the thing yes. jumps out. Yes, it wasn't just a thing of like, boo! It yeah. wasn't just something in my face. Yeah. It was like, there was a setup, yes. you know? Like, yeah, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, there, those fear games need... Was there a fear tree? I think there, there was. was. There was a fear tree on PS3 and 360. Does anybody care about it? No, it it, it did what I think Dead Space 3 did. It super leaned into the action side of it. You know, whereas right. like, they were always an action horror, but this really leaned into the action. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Well, that's a shame. That's yeah, a shame. That's Maybe a shame. it's time for a rebirth. Who knows? Mm. Um, but yeah, that that is that. Uh, I, I, in my adult life, I honestly can't think of one that I couldn't do it with because I enjoy the spooks. So yes, you know, yeah. it is okay, what it is. If you like them, you like them. It is what it is. But there are our answers. Uh, Ristiard. I hope uh, <laughs> I, I hope we've satisfied and not offended you too much with my name pronunciation. Uh, but that is that. So, Shane, I think it's about time that I I tear myself away from this microphone because I just find myself like, you know, enamored. I'm just looking at you in your yellow glowing room. And I just I feel like I could do this for hours. I feel like we could just keep going and going and going. But who the hell listened to us? So true. True. I want to I want to go get a cup of tea. <laughs> you do indeed. You do indeed. Um, next week, we will have some opinions on some new games such as Back for Blood will be out myself and Kerry. Uh, who has been on the show before, will be playing that. I'm not sure whether or not she'll be able to make it on with us, but hopefully uh, she will. But if she doesn't, I certainly will be here to give you my opinions on that. And we are going to try and get the community involved in that as well. So I put the feelers out on our Facebook community. That's the community. Speak, Phil. That is the casual game community. If you are interested in playing with either myself or Carrie or whomever, hop on over there. Get on that post. Let us know who you are. And then we'll message each other or whatever. Even in our Discord. Um, and we'll message each other and figure out how to add each other. It's cross-play. It doesn't matter where you're playing it. PC, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. We can all play together still. So hop in, let us know. And this is the opportunity that people like Aerod have been asking for for months. Where it's like, why don't you play games with us? It's because I don't play a lot of multiplayer games. This is one I'm playing. The flare it has officially gone up. If you miss it, it's your fault. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that. Right, guys, let's take it on home. So 
if you have made it to this part of the podcast, let me thank you, the viewer and or listener, for making it this far. Your support means the absolute world to us. You have no idea how much it means to us. And if I could ask you a tiny favor, could you please like the podcast, share the podcast, review the podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that allows a review. That really, really helps us get, you know, more coverage and gets it out in front of more people. Five stars only, please. (laughs) But the biggest thing I guess that you could do is really tell a friend, you know, just tell somebody that you know who is into games or you might just think enjoys a bit of banter or maybe even just wants to meet other gaming people, you know, that might get some kind of a kick out of our community pages. Let someone know. You know, and if they don't like it, they don't like it. But chances are they will, because we're pretty chill. We're not offensive, I don't think. So. No, we're not offensive. <laughs> so we can, at the very least, add something to your day. Or at least not take anything away. But do tell a friend. And Shane, if they were going to tell anybody who wasn't a friend, but was a pillar of the community, who would they tell? Who is the pillar of your... You know what? Tell your local councillor. Tell your local representative, TD, whatever, you know. Mm. Um, Tell your look and then they can bring it to the doll or whatever. And I don't know, we can get a referendum on people listening to us or something. That would be amazing. And to any of our American listeners, tell your local senator or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Let's get it written into law that, you know, you must, you must subscribe, review and tell a friend about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How bad. Right, guys, that has been that. So thank you very much again for watching and or listening. You can follow us at all of our socials. They will be in the description below. At Casual Game Co. is where you will find us. And I have been Phil. I have and been he... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully Aaron will cut out me saying, and he? <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe not. Who cares? Look, we're casual cares? around here. Let's, let's, we'll leave it in. We cut it. I do the video and I'm probably not going to cut it out. So <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. At this point, there's probably like two people still listening, so who cares? Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Be safe. But most of all, stay casual. Bye. And I hit my mic. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lads, lads, lads. true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. 
Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.